and welcome to the Dis Dump Podcast, the show where we watch movies, play games, or listen to music in an effort to decide, are we going to keep the disc or are we going to dump them? As always, I'm your host, Miles Trout, and today I'm joined by two fan favorites. We have Will and Jared. Hello. Hello. Fan favorites now? You, I like how they come back now. together. It's not yeah. just like one of us, it's <laughs> both of us. Oh, yeah, we have to come back as a pair. <laughs> yeah, you're... Somebody actually likes me? That's the, that's the surprising part. Package deal right now. Um, so, exactly. yeah, uh, we're going to be item. nerding out super hardcore because we're going to be talking about the Star Wars prequels. But first, a brief history. How's this for a brief history? If you've seen Star Wars, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't, you won't. Now that's a brief history. So let me just get a, a real quick temperature of the room. Do you guys both like the prequels, or do you are they okay? I do, I do. Yeah, and I and I think I think the reason I can enjoy the prequels is because I spent time reading and learning about the expanded universe. So like the prequels mean more to me because I have that I did that background research. I like them, but there's like an asterisk next to it. <laughs> And the, what's the asterisk for? I like them after I learned more about Star Wars. Gotcha. And I know Jared hmm. loves them okay. all. Okay. Interesting. From a movie standpoint, like they were filmed horribly. But when you learn about the lore and stuff that kind of is behind it, they make more sense. Just the delivery sucks. And this is taught me, like, I'm so. I'm actually really nervous about this podcast because you, you can't mess up Star Wars. People will eat you alive. <laughs> I mean, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm confident. I'm ready. So how do you feel about episode one, Jared? How do I feel about episode one? So I think before I dive too deep in episode one, I just want to talk about kind of like the films as a whole. So like in terms of just the Phantom Menace, the first time I saw this, I was a kid, right? And I feel like when I saw this movie as a kid, I didn't ask too many questions because I was at the age where I'm like, oh, this is a movie. I'm supposed to believe everything I see in the movie. It's not like nowadays where you see a movie and you're questioning everything. I was of the age and I'm happy. I'm very, very thankful and happy I was of the age that I was when I saw this because of the fact that I could just kind of sit back and just take it in. Now that I'm a little older, I've definitely developed some some different opinions about this movie and the other two. However, um, as a whole, I think it's a cool movie. There's parts of it I really like. There's parts of it I don't like. The parts of it I really like, I feel like, are towards the very beginning and the very end. And the parts that I don't like about it are kind of like three-fourths of the way through. So... Pretty much everything besides, like, right after pod racing, minus, like, the the Qui-Gon and uh, Darth Maul duel. So, like, right when that's over, up until, like, when the last battle starts, that whole part, I'm just like, this is so boring. It's yeah. so boring. <laughs> but as a general whole, that's how I feel in this movie. And we can kind of spit around some ideas and talk about some details of it, but... That's how I feel about it. When I say I think the delivery was bad, I guess I should say the filming of the movie physically. Like, a uh, big one that stuck out to me was pod racing. Like, pod racing is, like, a really cool, like, real. it's such a, such a wild concept. 
But when they filmed the actual race, it, I got distracted by the fact that they only ever showed shots from the angle of the right, like face right facing the Padre. They never show anything from the left, and all the pans are from left to right. There's only maybe like one shot that's like a close up on his face, but everything else was filmed from the right. It was a really weird thing that distracted me. I didn't even notice hmm. that. Didn't distract me at all. Yeah. Well, it, and so like little, that is what's holding you back from enjoying it. No, I loved the movie, but I feel like it's like you pick a crap. It's like a really interesting story that someone just was telling bad. You you get the story by the end of it, and you're like, oh, it was. That's really a really cool story, but they told it really badly, like I, in the delivery, yeah. like the physical, the physical delivery of the story between like the, I think they're Jedi, yeah, they're Je- like like which is how they talk to each other. There's no emotion, and my belief is it was the choice to green screen everything. They couldn't get that that out of the actors. The sets for episode one were only built the height of the tallest actor where everything else was green screen and uh, the well there's only one scene in the movie that has no special effects and it's when the gas is coming out of the vent that is that is the only non green screened or digitally enhanced clip so for you in the terms of the prequels it's more of the how than the what so in terms of like you focus more on like how it was made rather than the actual story in no, terms of deciding just, if you like of, them or not i think is i think that this i love the story like i i will yeah. say that i am an avid star wars fan but i was taken away from the story which i really liked by how distractingly bad the movie was sure i wrote down at the top of my notes that I took, I wrote prequels equals great story but bad at execution. Same like same concept. And and I think that's where we can kind of meet in the middle and kind of agree in that this movie, the first movie, and maybe we can start talking about more like actual parts of the movie. But I feel like for all of them, just the storyline. If you take a step back and think, okay, this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. There's nothing I think I'd want to change or see more of or see anything different of. There are parts, especially in Attack of the Clones. But as a whole, it was just like the actual individual scenes or like parts that you're just like a little cringed upon. Just like, oh. so, like what so are your thoughts, Miles? We haven't heard from you yet. Yeah. I like these movies Give a us lot. your take. They're good <laughs> movies. Uh, the only Here's thing I really don't like about episode one is Jar Jar Binks. And I used to love him when I was a kid, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah, he's my main complaint. Sure, and let's talk about Jar Jar a little. Well, what are your thoughts on Jar Jar? Uh, I I have some pretty pretty wild things on Jar Jar, but here's like an sexual like, going. No, yeah, that's <laughs> Misa like that. Um, <laughs> when, but think of this like when you when you watch the movie before we switch topics. So pretend you're watching the movie with no other knowledge of Star Wars. Okay, you know what I mean. So yes. who's the main character? Uh, Qui Gon Jinn. Qui Gon, definitely Qui Gon. Sure? Because yeah, like, no wouldn't, wouldn't you think that like Anakin was really important? Well, you'd think they're all. If important, I'm watching it but... objectively, no. Like, yeah, but, never so, watching I mean, it. Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson got top billing for that. For that, yeah, movie, he's the main but, character. Like, 
the movie as written by George Lucas is supposed to be about Anakin and like this introducing this new character and it's like a, it's a an origin story of Anakin. Yes. But that was never translated because you guys just said, oh, Qui-Gon's the main character. Yeah. So it's, it's that's what I mean. When I say execution, like I know what their intent was because I have background knowledge. But if you watch it without any sort of knowledge, like is Obi-Wan then to become a main character? Or Anakin was certainly supposed to be really important or Padme, but like Qui-Gon was the one that got the top villain. But in every Liam single Neeson. scene, though, like that's almost every yeah. scene. That's well, why Liam Neeson was one of the first people cast, and he actually accepted the role without even reading the script. He was so excited for the Star Wars movie, he's just like, "Yeah, I'll do it." He didn't read any of the script until they got the film. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> probably. My take yeah. on Jar Jar is that I'm like, you know, I like the idea of his character a lot. I like the fact that. It was by chance that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan ended up on this planet. They needed a place to, uh, to go to to be able to get to the city, you know, the main capital of Naboo. And they stumbled upon this new character that helped them do that. And he was kind of a misfit in his world. I liked that idea a lot. I love the idea of this underwater world. Yeah. And now in Star Wars, we have the ability with CGI to show us that. I love all this idea. It's just, just the exit, like it comes back to me like the execution of this is who they decided to pick. This is what was then, he was then portraying. And I think the actor himself probably did a great job in the eyes of the, per the people who were like, this is what we want it to be. But from an outsider, Point, I'm just like I just wouldn't want that type of character portrayed that way. I think I think Jar Jar had so much potential to be a cool character, and and he ended up being just used as comedic relief and like furthering nothing. And when you when you get into like if you jump ahead to like the next movie, if you break down ev like everything that happened, Jar Jar gave emergency power to Chancellor Palpatine. So in aspect, Jar Jar just like started the whole of all the Jedi mm -hmm. and the Republic. And, like yeah. because Jar Jar did, we should do this. <laughs> did you he's, guys? He's responsible for everything. Yeah, but it comes back to for me. I'm like that idea of this character that they just stumbled across, like down the road. You know, the whole like butterfly effect of everything. This character so, that then in an I in some type of way starts this big you know empire. I kind of like that idea. Once again, the actual character. Yeah. You know, and that's why I think it's love potential. I think mm. I read the, a fan story, like a fan written story on the internet that had a good bit of traction and a theory that Jar Jar Binks was actually a Sith Lord. Yes. Is exactly. one of my favorite things. Is one of my favorite things ever. There's a lot of evidence. If you watch the, if you watch the movie with that in mind, like if, if he was a Sith Lord, it changes every single interaction he has. Like, did he just chant upon them in the, in the woods or, did he get them and guide them to where then he would have the ability to give the Sith power in the Senate? Like, if you watch the movies with that background, it becomes so cool. It's hard not to think of Jar Jar that way because it, it would have been such a cool way of doing it. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys read any of the Star Wars books that like took place before Episode One by chance? Yeah, I've I've read all of the Old Republic. Um, series and I've, I've read a couple of the other Sith Sith based ones 
plus the uh, Knights of the Old Republic video game. Yeah. It was like one of the best video games of all time, which would be totally worth its own episode. Yeah. <laughs> I never played it, unfortunately, but um, uh, so the... Uh, it's like $5 on Steam right now. You yeah. You can play it on your laptop. I'll yeah, have to check that out. Low res, your laptop can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I read uh, the book Plagueis. Have you guys read that one at all? Darth Plagueis. Yeah, yeah it leads it right up to like the very moment that episode one starts and like how he trained, how Darth Maul got trained and how uh, Darth Sidious got trained and shit. It was, it was a pretty Darth good Maul book. Savage. He's pretty badass. It's a shame. Okay, so here's my other huge complaint about this movie is that the coolest character has one line and is in maybe 10 minutes of it. So, he has like three or four lines. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, he doesn't do a whole lot of talking for sure. And here's a yeah, fun fact. Fun fact, quick. We'll pause for a fun fact. Yeah. So I was in New York City and I got to go to a Star Wars exhibit where I could where I saw almost all the original um, costumes from the movies. And Darth Maul's lightsaber is a piece of shit. Mm. Like they had it there in a case with all the other lightsabers. It was act the buttons on it are drawn on with Sharpie. Shit, you not. <laughs> There's like some yeah. that are 3D, but there were buttons on that thing, and I have a fucking picture to prove it. That literally, it was like somebody was just like, "All right, we'll throw some <laughs> buttons here," and then handed it to him. Like it's not anything. They broke. Like, Whoa, the the details the detail. incredible. It's not at all. <laughs> and that just made me laugh. I want to throw that. They in there. broke. They went through. They broke like upwards of I think three digits uh, fake lightsabers during that filming. Wow. I can imagine. I can but imagine. Think of, so think of think of uh, think of it like this too. Is Darth Maul? such a good character because he had like so few lines with how weird they delivered everything else i think that because lucas kept it like him really kind of almost off screen with lines is what made him so cool with mysterious so what's um, the name of the movie the movie's name is the phantom menace so who's the phantom palpatine yeah by definition of like the script yeah points. but, but it, it could in a sense be darth maul because like you know, phantoms don't usually say a lot of shit. So, like, I don't know, it could be him, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's mainly about obviously Palpatine. I would, it's all I about would agree strings. with, but and and the uh, his lines in the movie are: "Finally, we can reveal ourselves. Finally, we can have our revenge." But in nowhere in any of the three movies do they say revenge for what? He just says we can get our revenge, and they never touch on on what in any of the movies. Mm, uh, that's a good point. Look at you. Phantom, the title of Phantom Menace came from a couple places, but one of the inspirations was uh, it, the Phantom Menace was the nickname NASA had for their mission to Mars for the reason it kept failing to send a rover to Mars early on in their tests. The, fail, the missions kept failing, and it was their, their Phantom Menace, and that's part of what inspired this movie's title. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So... Uh... Darth Maul. Sorry, another thing. So my mom used to own a nightclub, which is pretty cool. And um, for Halloween, they'd have these huge Halloween parties and stuff. And the year that this movie came out, I was Darth Maul for everything Halloween. Like I'd go to all that we would hit Red Lion, Love and it. Not, like all of them. I'd be Darth Maul. So my mom would do the makeup, and I had the horns, and I had the double lightsaber <laughs> shit. And uh, on Halloween, I did that one year as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. It's the shit. So the one year that the nightclub was open, we had a big Halloween party 
and supposedly there was like a movie stunt coordinator guy there i don't know but it's we started this like he brought a bunch of pool noodles and plastic swords and everything gave them out to everybody and we had like a hundred person sword fight and i had the darth maul thing with the double ends and shit and it's one of my most prized memories ever so i just went that's incredible it was amazing i hope that memory stays with you forever and it lives on that's in eternity because that's that's a good one that's a great story dope. yeah i felt like darth maul i love it have you seen the clone war series yes i'm like halfway in it right so, now so they, they they like darth maul's in it mm-hmm. um, yes and i don't i don't want to give away any spoilers if you if you haven't hit it but like i think they translate his character so much better in that because of how you know he was raised and trained with Darth Plagueis and Darth Sidious, like he almost becomes mentally unstable later in life because of it. And they they really develop his character out there. But I think because they left his character so open in this movie, they were able to do that. And I'm, that's why I'm glad he only had three lines because mm-hmm. I love the character and the, it it really didn't uh, keyhole him into being a joke like Anakin kind of was in that and the second and third movie. Yeah, oh, you sure. think Anakin was a joke in the second or third movies? Oh. The actor, I think the actor was a joke. But, Interesting. Uh, the Anakin, the guy who played Anakin in... Uh, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, quit acting after the yes. movie. After yep. the first one. Yes, he was made, everyone just made fun of him. Like, yeah, and he went cool. to jail. He went to jail. Yeah. As of might, have been, might have went to prison. Ever see his, his mugshot? Uh, mugshot? Right out of Delta. As of yeah. 2020, he's actually in an institution because he has yeah, schizophrenia, sh- which is really crazy. Oh, Jesus. So. That dark side. It's sad. Yeah. I will say that's very sad. It, it is, is sad. sad. But, but so yeah. are we moving on to Attack the Clones now? Uh, before we do that, I want to talk about pod racing a little bit. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Yes. We, okay. Man, we like touched on it. Yeah. Moved away from it, and now we're back on it. So let, let's hop back on it. I feel like with Disney Plus being the way it is right now, there could be a pod racing TV show, and it would be the fucking shit. Pod racing TV show. Maybe about some kid who's on some fucking planet who wants to be a pod racing like star. And like Or you saying like like it's kind of like a side story? With like pod a, racing, yeah, that Just would like be what cool. They did with Rogue, like with like Rogue One and like all these other characters in the in the the universe, uh, yeah, that would be like a ser- like a TV series where they could really flesh it out, yeah, and have like a like a Formula One style movie, but with pod racing. Yeah, you had talked about the um, uh, Old Republic video game, which is a great game, but also for me. A little bit of nostalgia was definitely the pod racing video game. On the well, I didn't have an N sixty four growing up. I just used computer games, so I played it on the computer. But uh, now I do have an N sixty four, and I did get it on there. But that was a hard ass game. Yeah, it is a hard fucking game. You want to talk about racing game? I can play that for five minutes. Let me know how you do. Only few humans can do it. (laughs) Yo, that game, that game is a classic. So. That's my take. Pod racing, love it. Probably one of the best scenes in the movie. I think it. I think it was a perfect way to hint at and show Anakin's potential when he is unaware of it at such a young age. I think that was a really cool way of being like, let's show you all what we can do with CGI, but also kind of stick to the story. And it just 
Yeah, so cool. Well, he, so cool. Anakin, Anakin was always a savant pilot in like any of the lore. He was from a young age. He was just brilliant. Yeah. Which is interesting because Qui-Gon Jinn hates flying so much. Not Qui-Gon Jinn. Obi-Wan Kenobi hates flying so much. Yes. <laughs> he gets paired up with like the psycho Obi-Wan stunt Ken- driver. <laughs> exactly. Obi-Wan Kenobi's actually, he's actually an accomplished pilot too, which is the weird part. He just doesn't like it. He, uh, he was given call sign Red Leader, like Red Leader, because of how good of a pilot he was. He was his, he was Red Leader for his squadron. Mm. That sounds like a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and did you guys play the adventure game, the PS One adventure game for uh, Episode One by chance? No, I had the. Uh, for some reason, growing up, my dad would like download all the betas, but like I think. I think my looking back, I realized that I think my dad would like download the betas to games, but not actually buy the game because I'd like really enjoy playing just the first level over and fucking over again, and that kind of just like helped me. But I played the first level of that game a lot, where you start in like the the meeting room and all the smoke comes out and you go out and you like go like that and you go to the side rooms and I I fucking remember that level so distinctly if that's a word, but um. Yeah, I love that game. I mean, did you beat it? Like, what's the end of it like? What's uh, the second level like? <laughs> that's a good question because a couple uh, over around Christmas, I threw that baby in my PS2 and I started playing it. And the first level I remembered super vividly. And then I got to a point yes. where I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And I Googled it and I was like, oh, no wonder I couldn't figure it out as a child. Like, it was so, like you had to walk into a black square and turn left and like hit the engage button or some shit. It was like super yeah. absurd thing you had to do that no one could have figured out. So I figured that out through the power of Google and I made it like halfway into the second level before I was like, yo, this game is terrible. <laughs> but uh, I looked up the ending on Google and uh, on YouTube and it ends with like fighting Darth Maul, obviously. And it looks so unbelievably hard that I'm glad that I didn't yeah. make it. I that wouldn't far. mind looking up a gameplay for that. That would be cool to watch. Just to be like, so this is what these video games back then. Not to go off on too big of a tangent, but you know, video they games were back hard. then, they were, they were so hard as shit. Hard. <laughs> like the, you beat that level, the and you're like, Turtle, fuck yeah, you know. The Ninja Turtle game on Game Boy was the '90s equivalent of like uh, Dark Souls. I love that yeah. game. That was a good game. That one too. Yeah. But the but the N six that that game on Game Boy was so hard to this day it's kind of a legend. Yeah, that game is pretty wild. So if you want um, to see the uh, the playthrough of that, it's on the Distump Podcast fans group that you can join, audience or anybody on this podcast. I just posted like the end of it, but I might post like a whole walkthrough just to have it on there. So that'd yep. be cool. Nice. Yeah. Um. So I thought you were gonna start. I thought you were going to start saying you had a Patreon. I was like, let's go, baby. Like, <laughs> that's where I thought you were leading. That's why I was like, what? So, Not yet. Was, I am I doing like, ads now, go, though. Miles. So I, I'm getting there you there. go, my dude. Yeah. Um, so what do you guys uh, think? Like Should it. I keep that disc or dump it? For Phantom uh, Menace? The game. Have you seen it? Oh, the game? Oh, yeah. I'll fucking throw that shit away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Throw it away. Fuck it. I don't care. There we go. So Tell we're dumping a Star disc. Wars person that cares about it. Pass it. Yeah, yeah pass dump it that on. shit. <laughs> Except keep the first level. Tear off a piece of it so you yeah. can, or at least <laughs> Just I would hold again. on to the first level of it. Might throw the rest of it away. But yeah. Give a, give a, give it to like a kid 
now and watch his face just look like confused. It's like, what is this? <laughs> For real. The new uh, PlayStation is supposed to have backward compatibility all the way back to that point, right? I'm pretty sure that's what If I that's read. true, then that would be awesome. Every, you could fit every single PlayStation game ever written, like on PS1, the PS2, pretty much on like a single little disc. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. You're not joking. Oh, like no, like that would be awesome. Blu-ray. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that the new PlayStation is going to be like ultimate backwards compatible. So I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass. I don't have one. But if that's true, I'll probably try to sell all my PlayStations because at what point would you need it? You can still play your old shit, but that's a whole other topic. (laughs) (laughs) So Um, let's move on to Attack of the Clones here because I feel like this movie I want to talk about more than probably any other one. Uh, oh, I feel the same way. I, I really love this movie, and I read books around it, and I'm like watching the show, so I'm like balls deep in Attack of the Clones right now. So how about you start it off, Miles? Give us give us your take yeah. on something about the movie. Let's, I'm yeah. Uh, well, for one, the coolest part of the movie, hands down, I'll just jump right to it, is the fact that we get to see Yoda fight for the first time. And yeah. that shit was fucking dope. And he's like fighting Count Dooku with his ergonomic lightsaber handle and shit. And yes. I, I just love like he does all these. He like hobbles up with a cane and then he fucking does backflips and is blocking lightning and shit. And uh, that's I think that little wobble is kind of like the kind of comedic relief that Star Wars is typically known for. Some people shit on that, but I'm like, that's kind of funny. Like, just mm-hmm. let it be right. Like. I like that. Sorry. Continue. No, it's, just, Sorry. it's all good. Like, I just, I fucking love this movie. What I don't love about it is Anakin is such a little bitch in this movie. He's just whines oh, and complains the bitch. whole he movie. Is, he is a full blown, just bitch, bitchy <laughs> little child. And, and the whole point of this movie was supposed to show the rage and the torment bubbling up out of Anakin. And instead of delivering it like that, he just sounded whiny. Because that's, I mean, that's what the whole point was. I mean, this was a romance first and foremost of a movie or it's part of the whole opera that it is but this was supposed to be showing the torment in anakin and like the beginning of all of that you get a good gauge of how much he he likes to massacre well he has a major creeper face in like every scene when he's looking at Padme. like it looks concerning (laughs) so here's what i'm gonna say about anakin in terms of this whole movie, obviously the main character in this movie, we discussed that about the last movie, and I feel like we could easily say the next two movies, the main character is Anakin. Mm-hmm. But definitely, for me, yeah, they definitely narrowed the field. Yes. I feel like for this movie, I really didn't like anything at the beginning of this movie. But from like rewatching it, I didn't rewatch it in the past couple of days, but last time I remember watching it, I feel like once like Obi-Wan gets to Kamino, shit starts getting interesting. But up until that, it's just kind of like, you know, the, the whole the whole point of it is to, like, be fearful that somebody's after Padme. And for some reason, that's just not enough for me to, like, get too, like, emotionally involved. It's like, okay, there's some threat. Like, let's not get too concerned here. But I love Anakin in the second half of the, of the movie. I don't like him in the first half. I, I wish so bad we could have truly seen more of, like, the massacre that went down with, all of the sand people because i feel like that would have been something that would have really made this movie for a lot of people just a little bit more because you could have seen that rage i love the scene when they get back when he's like talking about like i hate them Mm. and shit like 
I'm sorry. Like, I think that scene's incredible. Yeah. Because, like, he, like, trembles and shit, and Padme's just like, well, fuck. And I think that is what we wanted to almost see more of, that little bit right there. I've, I really like that kind of, like, part of the movie with Anakin. That's probably my favorite part of the movie with Anakin, that little span right there. So the the massacre to talk touch on some some facts about that uh the sand the sand people like an extended universe like in, in after uh like years after that they actually celebrate that date as a festival like the date of the massacre and in one of the comics i can't i can't remember Ooh. which one it was or else I'd interesting they actually have a festival on the day of the massacre and they dance around the fire to the sound of a life hmm hmm so, but the massacre, like, it, it, it also ties back that Dooku paid the raiders to go by Anakin's mom, and then uh, it touches in that the Emperor actually told Dooku, who was his apprentice at the time, to go do all that. So, this movie did a fantastic job of setting up the later events as to, like, just small little hints that, like, it was already planned ahead of time. And by the time you get to the new movies, you see how big and manipulative the emperor was and that's why he was such a villain and this is the, the movie that starts all of it definitely he he, pu- he pushes things into place he gets uh jar jar to put him in charge from the senate with the emergency powers and then he can do all of his movements in the background like this movie was the start like attack of the clones was the start really the whole story where episode one was more of an origin story Episode two became the start of the actual story. So at least how I looked at it. But I yeah, definitely going back to the beginning, the the cantina scene, which was one of my favorites in the whole movie, because it was a a throwback or a throw forward to the cantina scene uh, in the originals. Right. And cool scene. Obi Wan's always in a bar. He's always in a bar. He's like, you don't want to sell me death sticks. (laughs) And he makes a guy go rethink his life, but. Again, like someone gets their hand cut off in the bar, like it's a total throwback to the original cantina scene. For sure. Something that I wanted to bring up that kind of relates to all the prequels that I think they really did a good job, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that like think about like the culture that you've been able to witness in these three movies. So if you're thinking about like the culture of like different things going on throughout the galaxy, like in the first three movies, it's so it's very focused on the story. You like see where they go, which you do in the prequels, you see where the characters go, but like you really get to see like the whole galaxy and how like each planet's different and just little clips. You really kind of soak up like you could like, watch a clip of a movie and if someone were to be like, so what is that culture like that you just saw? You could probably say something because like every plane is different in like the climate, the costumes, the, you know, just the culture of everything. And I just had to throw that out there. Cause I feel like that's Plus something the that world, the it, world. Yeah. It's just cool. Through. And I, and I think the prequels really did a good job at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Actually, your friend and my friend Tim, who's been on the show several times, he was never a big Star Wars person until I like started making him watch it, and he's still not a big Star Wars person. But he's his main complaint about it is that 
an alien will walk up to Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's speaking English, and just go, and he goes, I agree completely. Like, he, they just, like, flawlessly understand each other all the time. And, like, they can... The common tongue. Yeah, yes. like, and the beeping well, galactic, and whirring of basic. R2. And... Yeah, there's, they, they, they refer to it as galactic basic. And they, they touch on it in some of the, like, the books, like you read, too. is like, everyone usually understands basic, whether they're able to speak it or not. Mm-hmm. It's just the other way around. It's like Obi Wan all of a sudden knows all these other kind of niche languages, and but like everyone is supposed to understand Galactic Basic, whether their alien species is equipped to speak it or not. So it's just the fact that it would be a one-way conversation most of the time. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, because like there's there's also a point in this movie that I don't understand why it needed to happen where he goes to the diner and he sits down with the dude with four arms and he's like, you know what? You should go look for a planet. Like they could have really yeah. shortened that business up like with a sentence out of someone else's mouth. Like they didn't need to it have, could have been a, and... yeah, that could have been a scene that just didn't need to be there, but maybe it was cause it might have just been him being like, oh, they are cloners. I think that's probably the most part, important part of that scene. It's, it's, it's him it's stressing someone that the, has the, got experience with him already bringing it in. He's giving you a little bit of background before like Obi-Wan gets there. So like when he arrives, you already kind of have like an uneasy kind of vibe about the people when you get there. And I guess like to talk about the language and stuff like that, I think it comes down to like just – when I saw these all these movies, I was a kid. And so it came down to one of those things of when somebody was talking like, ooga, ooga, ooga. Yeah, it's weird, right? But like, I just took it as like, that's just how it is. Yeah. And I guess it's like those kind of details that because of the fact I got introduced to this all when I was a kid, that's not something focus I focus on now. But if I were to see it now, that might be kind of like for Tim, something that I do focus on. There's another view of it. Um, and this is just me witnessing uh, different cultures in my own world and family. Like, as a, as someone who only speaks English and, like, very little of other languages, like, I get that same... I, I realize that other people hearing another language, like, they, sh- they wouldn't just automatically know it. But Brahmi, my girlfriend, and her family are speak both Italian and Spanish. And... But they can also understand stuff in Portuguese... And like, there's different types of Spanish. So, I think if you if you look at it from like, well, sometimes languages are linked together, and like, I'm just looking at my stupid. I only know like one language, but Rami can hear like languages she doesn't speak, but still kind of understand them because there's some similarities because she knows one or two of the major core ones. Hmm. I think that's something that we just touched on about Star Wars, which is just kind of shows how big this these fucking movies are because like. Yeah. We're we are currently diving into the language, <laughs> uh, the dialect of a species of multiple species in a movie. But it's just like if you saw any other fucking movie, you wouldn't care, no, right? No. Like you wouldn't give a shit. And but it's like that just shows like people truly like to dissect these movies and learn everything there is to know about them. And I think that's probably the only reason we really have the extended universe. Because in other, you know, different took uh, popular movies or, yeah, popular series of movies, there might be a comic book or something that comes out of it. But we don't have this extended universe, like the grand scheme of, like, all of these other 
parts and individual small teeny things that we as Star Wars fans feel like we need answered. I feel like Star Wars fans always need shit answered. <laughs> well, why is this? Why is this? And that's for some reason in every movie that's coming out recently, that's just kind of how it is. We feel like we need to keep answering stuff. Am I complaining about that? No, because it's cool to see the origin of something. But I always just found it interesting that people piss and moan about, well, where did this come from? It's like, who fucking cares? Like, but that just shows how much we care, right? Yeah. And so that's also kind of a cool way to look at it. I think it. it just touches on, like, how many people have seen it. Like, it's been around for so long. Like, people are going to come up with a new question to ask. So there's so many questions because of how long it's been out. Like, you can't – I mean, 40 years or whatever it is, you're going to have questions. Like, Absolutely. Like, someone coming into it is going to look at it a little different with different knowledge or a different skill set. Like, I picked up on the language thing. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people that understand multiple languages. And if you know one, you can kind of pick apart other ones. So the more people that see it, the more questions are going to be yeah and like last week i just did an episode on a movie called gentleman broncos which is about an amateur sci-fi writer and they like cut okay. to his story in and out it's a hilarious movie you should definitely check it out um but so they like cut in and out of his story and sam rockwell's the lead of his story or whatever but that got me like thinking about the production of a sci-fi movie pretty hardcore and it was last week so i was like oh hmm. shit so as i was watching this i was like these movies are so sci-fi like the shapes of the buildings and everything are all crazy and it's like what's the name of it again it's called gentleman broncos gentleman broncos interesting i've honestly never heard of it but most I'm people kind of have it it's because amazing sci-fi is definitely a genre that you know i feel like you know i can get into so it's I'll like definitely check that if out. napoleon dynamite had a baby with sci-fi yo <laughs> now we're talking yeah it's a weird movie tots in it uh, there, there, ta- are there tater be, tots? No tater that tots. Needs to be a third episode too. Yeah, you have that disc on your shelf. I do. Napoleon Dynamite needs to happen. Yeah. Yes. Well, and for sure. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll get into Napoleon another time. So, do you want to dive into Revenge of the Sith? Because I feel like this is a movie that I could really talk about well, for a while. Uh, I think before we get into that, the uh, we should give the audience a little bit of a break and do some ads and stuff and uh so we'll be right back to talk about revenge of the sith today's episode is presented by vayer vayer was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality Vayer returns a sense of dignity to an affordable wristwatch that is built to last. Vayer is a true American company specializing in both quartz and automatic watches. Vayer is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to VayerWatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today. That's P-O-D-G-O-15. Well, we are having a great conversation today about Star Wars. Uh, When we come back from the break, we're going to be playing the Wish.com game. So once again, brace yourselves for some bizarre sexual content, I guess, is what we're going to call it. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to write to me to complain about the bizarre sexual content, you can email me at discdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P. 
pod at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the disc dump. There's a lot of things that you can see on there, mostly recommending podcasts and stuff like that. See who's I'm rubbing shoulders with, and I'm going to post the pictures from the wish.com game on there because if I put them on Instagram, I will be put in Instagram jail. So you need to look at them there. It's a good time. On Instagram, speaking of which, I am disc dump podcast. Again, there's a pee pee in there. Uh, you can see exclusive pictures that are not going to go up on any other social media. And a lot of time it's pretty funny. So go to disc dump podcast on Instagram on Facebook. We have a disc dump podcast page, of course, where you can see some previews and stuff like that. But if you would join the disc dump podcast fans group, that would be ideal. It's a great place to start discussions. You can reach out to the guests on the show. You can post memes. I post a lot of memes in there that are just very loosely related to whatever episodes have come out already. So, yeah, Disc Dump Podcast Fans Group. Go ahead and sign up in there. I have a couple of shout-outs to give. So, first and foremost, I want to say, what up, Eric Torres? I know that you haven't listened to more than a minute of this because you're not a Star Wars fan. So, I wanted to give you a shout-out. There's a uh, There are two podcasts I'd like to give a shout-out to. One of them is called, What Podcast Should I Listen To Next? They're listening to me as we speak, apparently, uh, which will be before time for you because you're listening in the future for me time travel time travel so uh they're uh, they're currently listening to my show i don't know if i will be featured on their show or not it would be cool if i was even though i'm probably not gonna get very good reviews but check out what podcast should i listen to next to uh hear what they think of probably me and other shows Another fun one that is just coming out, you can get in on the ground floor of True Crime and Red Wine. They are two nice ladies who have some funny banter and they talk about true crime and ghosts and stuff and stabbing and all that kind of stuff. So meanwhile, they're drinking red wine, obviously. So check those two podcasts out. Alrighty, everybody. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I know the audio is less than ideal, but... I hope that it's fun, and I hope that we're saying things about Star Wars you haven't already thought of. <laughs> and uh, bye-bye. So Yeah, uh, I like that, yes. That's rather well. <laughs> Okay, everybody, so we are going to play a new game slash old game that I just came up with. We held a poll for what the name was going to be, and the winner of the name contest is Best Wishes. So this game is called Best Wishes, and the whole premise is I'm going to read to you guys, each individual one of you, we're going to go back and forth, I'm going to read a description of something, and you're going to tell me what it is. And then we'll do, like, uh, a tiebreaker at the end if we're tied. Sound good? So, you know what? Why don't we start with you, Jared? Let's see we'll here. Start. What would be a good one for you? We're going to start off weird, and then it's going to get real <laughs> weird. All right, Jared. This is bird, parentheses, set of eight, three inches high, 3.75 inches high, <laughs> resin. And it cost $73. Would you like me to repeat that? 
please. It is bird, set of eight, three inches high by 3.75 inches high, resin, $73. Do you think bird, like B-I-R-D to that start? Is, yes. Okay. Uh, is it a bird feeder? No, it is a rock with a bird's face etched into it. But you were close. The... Shit. That's very detailed. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> I was like, damn. I was, I was like... I was okay. thinking like chess pieces or something. I thought I felt golf at first because like I heard bird and I thought birdie. I don't golf, so somebody's gonna be like, "What the fuck is this guy saying?" The, the joy of this like, game is the fact that you guys but, are probably not gonna get any of them. <laughs> so. I like it. All right, Will, you're up. Let's see. Will, what you got. you're How's up. Gosh. All right. This one's a long one. Will. <clears throat> Ten colors, creative <laughs> mushroom shape, lips, makeup, sexy lipstick, long-lasting, moisture, lip gloss, cosmetic lipstick, red lip, matte, waterproof lipstick. Two dollars. Would you like to hear that again? No. Never again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be really, really hard pressed not to guess like a makeup tray like a like a, a lip something involving lip and makeup and colors like like a tray of makeup close they are uh 10 different colors of penis shaped lipstick close but no cigar oh. on that one well they left that out of the description they did well it said mushroom shaped <laughs> miles you forgot to say oh. that this item is currently in his shopping cart yes it most likely is which.com <laughs> So no, Will would have been yeah. able to narrow it down by that description. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mushroom shape. Oh, that's yep. mushroom shape. Mushroom <laughs> shape. I don't want to dive too deep is into mushroom like a, shape. Is this like a is this like a Mario mushroom? <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's a pants mushroom. All righty. Pants uh, mushroom. Jared. It's a really weird indie band. The, that, that, you guys should change your name to Pants Mushroom. That would be amazing. <laughs> I'll be I'll be pants. No, I'll be mushroom. You be pants. <laughs> yeah. I like that All mushroom right. and pants. <laughs> we just came up with like podcasts, like avatar, <laughs> like names. Don't you mushroom. put that evil on me? If you put it on the internet, that'll never go away. Yo, we could come up with the coolest logo. Someone's gonna be. I'm gonna be walking with this podcast. And be like, yo, pants. What up? <laughs> yo, no, but you could come up with the coolest like logo. It could be like a sticker. Hey, yo, pants. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, there it is, folks. You're gonna see on the Instagram their new logo for mushroom <laughs> pants. <laughs> mushroom I'm gonna pants. change all my handles, my hats. I'm gonna change all my hats now. Yeah. <laughs> I love it pants. so much. <laughs> mushroom pants. All right. So the all score right. is zero zero. Uh, Jared, portable female women urinal camping travel urination toilet urine no, device for three dollars. You might be able. To I know what it one. is. I mean, you said like what I think it is, but I'm Here, trying to think. There's like what? There's like a device. Well, why do you know what this is so well? <laughs> you're like, I know, I, I know up, what it is. They said up, female I, hygiene, and you're like, I know what it is. <laughs> Bro, I mean, I have had conversations about this, and now she's gonna kill me. But like, it's a yeah. Well, I can't. All right, let guess. me answer, and then you can. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's Jesus Christ. Um, we guess like wipes, just you know, rather than toilet paper, like wipes. It is not. Will, do you <laughs> want to tell him what it is? So, <laughs> so I'm assuming he's describing a shiwi. I am describing a shiwi. 
All right, give him a fucking it's, point for that. Yeah. It is a viral. It it kind of went viral for being a conversation starter, but like it is a weird part of the internet where you're it finding is, that it's a funnel <laughs> that women stick up to their lady parts and then they can pee in public because it's like just a funnel that shoots out and it looks like a guy peeing. Well, this is why Will's nickname is Pants. Yes, <laughs> that's not mine. Never specified whose pants. <laughs> Your pants on mushroom. All right. All right. Pants. Pants. All right. So this is new fashion (laughs) clothing, Macho Man Jesus, $13. Macho Man Jesus? New fashion clothing, Macho Man Jesus, $13. I'm going to put like a t shirt with like a real jack, like lumberjack Jesus. Uh, you're actually are close. It's uh, it's a picture of it's a shirt with a picture of Jesus on it, and Macho Man Randy Savage is about to do a shoulder drop on him from behind. Like that's just even better. <laughs> Damn, it's, it's like I could I want the shirt now. It it you looks pretty cool. Your <laughs> do you want to know why he was able to tackle him? Why is that? Because he had the high ground. Talk about ah, a good lead-in. Yeah. Let's go. Well, uh, we're going to do one last one here. I think it'll be pretty good. Oh, and then we'll talk a little bit. Damn and we'll, this will be a good one, too. You can totally lead it. All right, guys. All so, right. Uh, it is – either one of you can answer this. 1881 year beauty collection silver Morgan antique dollar commemorative coin, 36 models, one piece, $3. 1881 year beauty collection silver morgan antique dollar commemorative coin 36 models one piece three dollars it's like a commemorative coin for the morgan morgan car company but but that's way too specific i don't know it's pretty close what do you think jared the commemorative corn coin (laughs) (laughs) as you know commemorative corn um all right, I'm gonna tell you guys. Yeah, I know. Like, so it's uh, a commemorative coin that has porn stars on it. Like, it's two sided, and it's extremely graphically showing their vaginas and boobs. Oh, is it from 1881? No, that's the year that's just written on it. But it's just a bunch oh. of porn stars. Shit! It's an 1881 year. You know, the year is what got me held up. I'm like thinking back. I'm like, what the fuck was happening in that year? Like, yeah, you know, like, like what would 1881? Like in 1881. And in the screen, I was just like, what coins were they making with? Like, I don't know. It's like a farmer lady fighting off a dragon showing an ankle well this is uh the i've got a screen grab of it because i'm going to post all of these on twitter for everybody to see can't post them on instagram or my account will get shut down so you can find this on uh, twitter not again and uh the screen grab i got as i highlighted it i got a little pop-up on it it said this item could be free (laughs) i'm glad i didn't push that button it seems dangerous and then we took a bathroom break So you had a beautiful segue in the middle of the last segment into this uh, yes. this episode three that I then trampled all over. So episode it's, three. It's, all right, episode three. Let's start this one off. Revenge of the Sith. I mean, the first cool thing about it is it's the first Star Wars movie to have a uh, PG-13 rating. Yup. Yeah. Cool. I mean, they cut someone's head off, so 
This is true. There's that way better CGI. Like the I think one of the limit. I think one of the limiting factors is the CGI in the first two couple two movies really, where it looks so dated now, and it's. I don't think it was a, the technology. I just think it was how much they used CGI. Yeah. The extent and of then, it. Yeah. Yeah, the extent of how much they used it, and then this one, it just got better and was able to pick up some of that slack. Definitely has the best dialogue. Like, there's way more emotion in these, in the deliverance and all of these, which was, I think, how the characters grew. Oh man, I, I think the actors grew. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. this is a very emotional movie. Honestly, like I, I really like this movie. Um, you know, up until the, when the newer movies came out, which obviously they're a whole other separate thing. But like, you know, I, I I've always liked Revenge of the Sith a lot, but I I often find it very emotional. You know, when you watch that, if you sit down and it's not just like a background movie, but if you're sitting down and actually, you know, trying to digest what's happening, shit, it's emotional. And you know, basically, like as soon as Anakin arrives, you know, as they, you know, crash down from you know Grievous's ship onto Coruscant, you know, from there on, it's pretty emotional and it's like non-stop. It's a very fast-paced movie. I feel like there's, it's it's it moves it moves at a nice pace and just the level of emotion in it is. It's very I, extensive. I think that the impact it has, because like the other the other movies, while they lacked as, as much emotion as this one, they set up so many plot points that when you see like the events that happened in one and two, like what it meant for movie three, it's like all this pent up emotion then all comes out at once because yeah, it just yeah, it, the. Like, you finally figured out why things were done. And, like, these movies are weird because things don't seem as important when you watch them until, like, the next movie. Then you're like, oh, shit. That was a really important part. And you know what that thing is? So you just brought up something that, you know, isn't important until you watch the next movie. And I think that is politics in these movies. I feel like that's something that happens in the entire prequels that you don't see. So when you watch the original trilogy, it's just like we have the Empire and then we have the Rebels. But when they go back in time, they really had to set up a lot of shit, like a lot of stuff. And I feel like the amount of politics that they implemented into the films was just enough that you felt like you were like almost up to date with what was going on. Like you could watch them and like almost have your own belief about like what's happening, right? When there's starting to be, you know, the Clone Wars and then towards the end of the Clone Wars, you start to have an opinion, I feel like, as just a viewer on what's happening. And, you know, the the especially the scene, it doesn't, I guess, really have to do with politics. It's not the best transition, but you can't talk about this movie and not talk about the scene between Anakin and Palpatine while they're watching that show. You can't. I mean, that's probably one of the most pivotal parts of this movie, and it probably sets up the movies to follow. So not the original trilogy, but like, you know, seven, eight, and nine. I feel like that conversation validates a lot of points that come up in those later movies, which obviously when they made those later movies, they could use that scene to do it. But I mean, Rise of Skywalker, so much of that can be validated through the conversation that was had. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, I don't want to get into the the newest movies, but I've always felt that that scene was very important. And and the mm-hmm. you truly start to see more of the 
uh, the relationship that Anakin and Palpatine had throughout the Clone Wars. Well, because I have a lot to say about that scene too, but with, when you touch on the politics of it, uh, I think the nice thing about it was it, it became a very uh, narrowed, like they, they almost zoomed in on the Republic because before in the other movies you had the Republic and the Empire and this group and that group. But when this dove into the politics of the Republic, it, it almost helped build the Republic as a character because you got to see the inner workings of like, okay, the Republic, but what is the Republic and what makes it up? Uh, when you get into that scene where he talks about Darth Plagueis, I mean, if you, I mean, you read the book, Miles, you know, like Darth Plagueis was, had a, had a bigger role in, in all of this than what you think, because Darth Plagueis is, uh, an extended universe, not confirmed, but pretty much insinuated is who created, he's Anakin's father. Darth Plagueis created Anakin by the uh, manipulations of the Force or the midichlorians, whichever school you talk to. Um, Darth Plagueis kind of started this whole thing in motion and saw his murder coming and let it happen because he knew what was going to happen for the rest of the Sith. Uh, and he also, and also like was the, one of the... He also assembled like the Trade Federation and all of the separatists like he created that movement. he was part of the banking clan yeah he was uh he was a uh, um, immune or uh, i can't remember the yeah. name of the immune. alien race but he was he was his species was the same as the banking clan and he was all about the chess moves and the manipulations because he could think super quickly uh it's a real good book you should read it he, he also was one of the first practitioners of the role of two of the sith where there's one oh. one master and one um apprentice and he was he i don't know if he was the exact first one to do it but he started no um there was another sith that started it it was uh miles you know who i mean um i'm he actually talks about how it has been happening for a while so i don't know exactly when it started, well, there's it started. Darth, bane, darth bane was the one is who i'm getting darth bane started the role of two hmm. uh but Darth Plagueis actually put this whole trilogy, this whole series in, in, in progress or process by creating Anakin. And then honestly, he knew Sidious was going to try to murder him. And that's what it would take to further everything. Yeah. So that like, there's so much more importance to that scene than just like him telling Anakin, oh, there's a way to save Padme. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a touch and a glimpse into the extended universe. I realized we have not touched on a very important thing. Me too, but you go ahead. Like Peter. when it comes to Star Wars, for me, it's fucking lightsaber yeah. fights, yeah. man. Lightsaber, lightsaber fights. fights. <laughs> so yeah. let's take a step back because I am kind of upset that we just kind of glazed over Phantom Menace without talking about the lightsaber fights. Arguably, one of the best. I mean, for sure. I here's what I'm gonna say about people that are like, I only like fights of passion right like when you talk about people like the trilogy the original trilogy they're like oh those are the only star wars movies because you know they're fighting with passion okay here's what i'm gonna say about that you can still fight with passion and it'd be fucking cool right and i think revenge of the sith and especially phantom menace shows that right they're seeing like i mean even like the i shit i keep bringing up the newest movies but like that's fine. I, I'm not shooting the original trilogy. However, like, 
you know, when it comes to lightsaber fights, like the, my favorite lightsaber fight of the original trilogy was Luke and Vader because it was like there's the most to it. There was shit happening. They weren't just swinging their dicks around. And you're able to see that. And I think people need to realize that everybody's not old and farting all the time. We <laughs> now really have these guys when they're young and yeah. wanting to fuck shit up. And I love, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, with the iconic Duel of the Fates music, you know, playing in the background with Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, and, and Darth Maul. I mean, that's such a great fight scene. Hell yeah. Honestly, the fight scenes in Attack of the Clones, you know, the lightsaber fight, it was cool seeing Yoda, right? We touched on that. But especially in Revenge of the Sith, that last fight, there was a lot going on. Did it get silly when it got to the lava? I think so. Everything up to the lava, I thought was really cool. Lava got, when they're swinging, when they're Tarzaning and you know <laughs> swinging swords like Tarzan on like the lava Amazon River, I didn't really get that. However, it was it was cool, but like I said, I I, I feel like we had to talk about the lightsaber fights a little bit. Like, geez. So let me, okay. so my my on the three big fights from each of the movies like on the first one you had Darth Maul which brought in the new flavor of the double bladed lightsaber uh, which just built upon the universe like it, it added more to the story exactly. so it wasn't just one one thing or another um, exactly. Darth Maul's lightsaber staff is like light it, his blade was actually like it, it gives him an edge because Jedi haven't seen it either in thousands of years so like when he whips that out like it throws the jedi off kilter jumping forward to count dooku's lightsaber with the the weird hilt which is based off of a fencing blade um just slightly changed the angle of his blade so if you're watching your opponent in sword fighting you're looking at what their arm and their body are doing and when you change the shape of what they're holding it just alters it slightly to give you an edge in dueling mm. and count dooku was honestly like in the lore one of the most feared duelists out of everyone because of how weird his lightsaber and his style was um yoda's bothered me i mean it was really cool to watch but yoda always was the one preaching well there's more to being a jedi than just muscle and he like and he told luke that and that was kind of his thing but he like i think they they skipped over Yoda's character just to show something on screen. It was really cool. But Yoda was just about like using the force. He was yeah. a Jedi wizard and he preached like there's more than just your lightsaber and muscles to being a Jedi. And while they touched on his lightsaber form, which shows off like is, is based around quick movements, which, and, and jumps, which his character excels at, uh, or his, his species excels at. Um, it was just weird as a story point to show a character who's about like the, the aspects of the force or the dueling fight like that against one of the fiercest duelists that Jedi knew they don't want to go up against. To kind of bring it back to Revenge of the Sith, Miles, I can send you, I have a picture, like I told you, I went to that New York City uh, costume show. I have a picture I can send you of all the lightsabers. Sure. And you can post that and show them what they look like. But what's really interesting is Palpatine's lightsaber, it's like a pen, super tiny. It like yeah, it's like hide it just big enough to like hold your hand, which I thought was really interesting. Like you'll see it's super tiny compared to the rest. It's like a little over half the size of a normal lightsaber. So it makes you wonder like he probably always had it on him 
but like he wanted to keep it concealed. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was cool. Like the more you look at it, you're like, shit. So I'll send you, I'll send you the, co- the, the lightsabers cool. that you can post. But yeah, okay. Revenge of the Sith, I mean, to kind of bring it on this back to the politics too, and also talk about fight scenes. I always loved, you know, the, the room, the big circular room with all the circular pods that people could talk to, you know, in the government. I always thought that was so cool. Like, it was kind of like just a modern Senate, right? Like, just like a, it was a very, it was believable because it was modernized, but it was still kind of everybody coming together, which I thought was cool. Yeah. And the, the actual like fight in there is my favorite fight in the whole series because it's Yoda versus him. And like, if, yeah, looking closely at how I think Yoda, Yoda should have fought with the Force. Yeah, well, he kind of did. You know what I mean? The the parts where Yoda has his lightsaber out, other than that fight, I think he only kills droids with it. I don't think he kills anybody important with a lightsaber. But when he's fighting with uh, with Palpatine, mostly they're shooting lightning at each other and blocking and stuff. But I think it's his skills with the lightsaber that are the reason that he lost because he couldn't keep up yeah. with the lightsaber stuff. But that makes me wonder when did Palpatine practice because you can't be like the greatest lightsaber dude without practicing pretty constantly i imagine but yeah he's actually quite old um but he also augmented his skills and reflexes with the force he was uh and again i'm flexing hard into my the, the really nerdy stuff that i know about star wars um he actually had a force ability that let him somewhat loosely predict the future which is why he was so good at planning these crazy long-term events so he augments his fighting skills with that and he can kind of see what's coming before the attack actually hits that makes sense Uh, fun fact about his lightsabers going deep into some some lore stuff uh when a jedi became like uh, a noted a noted or like a master duelist he was gifted a brick a brick of palladium which is like a gold metallic metal and he could he would usually like fix it into his lightsaber somehow um but it was a really a symbolic gesture that only the best of the best had and palpatine because of how old he was and he came from a really rich family from the uh made both of his lightsabers out of pure palladium as a snub to the jedi hmm. a little flex Little flex. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of lights, he's got that Naboo privilege. He's like, What's up? I got him from Naboo. I got some shit. And then he just like <laughs> makes Jared it out of like about Naboo. Yeah. Just no, don't. Yeah. Don't so, do so there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a weird but okay flex about Palpatine's abilities. I read, he has sure. a fantastic, fantastic book about him. Um, it just goes into detail and, He's, a, he's one of my favorite characters in all of fiction. Speaking about uh, lightsaber flexes, Mace Windu is the only dude with a purple lightsaber, and it was because they asked Sam Jackson, ideally, what would be your lightsaber color, and he said purple. And that's why he's the only dude with a purple lightsaber. That was so he could find himself at the big battle at the end. He wanted to be able to see himself on screen. Is that what it was? I personally like his lightsaber more than any other lightsaber. His lightsaber is my favorite. And it's not because I'm a big Ravens fan. Shout out to the Ravens, but not the big Ravens fan. Um, but I love the hilt. Like it's got like this gold and black kind of mm-hmm. intertwined. Like, That's palladium. The gold is that really palladium. Cool. Yeah, okay. and it's sick. And um, I I think I can't remember the exact words, but I'm pretty sure he had 
uh, badass motherfucker, where maybe it was just motherfucker. He said that, but no one's ever been able to confirm it. I bet it fucking was, man. I know. I, I, I'm going to die knowing that and believing so they, that that's what happened, and I'm okay with that. So he had the first Samuel purple lightsaber. He had the first purple blade in the movie, but uh, they actually adapted the purple color to have a meaning in the in the lore as well. So now purple lightsabers signify force users that can use and balance both the dark and the light side at the same time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Darth, they can use both. Darth Revan, uh, who was the main character in the Old Republic series, also used a purple lightsaber because he went from dark to light and then back and forth a couple times. Uh, so that's they, they actually wrote that fact into the extended lore my favorite i like character. mace windu yeah mace windu is cool my favorite I love his head nods he always just kind of <laughs> nods at yoda he's like yeah yeah my favorite uh character in the extended universe is the apprentice uh star killer like darth vader's apprentice dude yeah and if you yeah. play the uh the force unleashed games which is where he came from yeah he ends with an orange lightsaber and i think that's the coolest fucking shit if like I would totally want an orange lightsaber if I was gonna be a Sith Lord or a Jedi. We each have that lightsaber that we're like, man, I'd want that. Like for me, it would be the like, purple one. I like my, I my Darth Revan, red and purple. Actually, my um, whole computer theme, my whole computer is themed after Darth Revan. It's really go. bad. Um, so what I wanted to bring up that we hadn't talked about before we got into lightsabers was we completely forgot to talk about Mandalorians and Attack of the Clones. Oh, yes. And, like, there's a point... So, like, Jango Fett? Because we can't, like, dive too into it because that's So, Jango Fett, Jango Fett was not a Mandalorian. He wasn't? He had the Mandalorian armor. Yeah, he killed a Mandalorian and took the armor, but if you watch, uh, like, the Clone Wars and anything else, they like, Clone Wars is considered canon, mm-hmm. which is the other really cool thing. So, anything that happens in that is not, like, legend or extended new stuff. But they say that uh, Django Fett stole the armor and was like a tr- like the whole race hated him. Because then it creates Boba Fett, which is the most overrated Star Wars character I've ever heard of. In it's my down. opinion, without a doubt. Like I don't uh, know. He's why overrated I'm... as shit. And like, yeah. I don't mean that out of disrespect, but he's overrated as shit. He has like I five like him. lines he's total. Cool looking, <laughs> but like overrated as shit. He in the movies, but the books, like when you yeah. get his background stuff, it's it's he's he is a badass. But I remember like, I read a book when it was like Boba Fett as a kid. So I was a kid when I read this book. You might have also read it, people who were listening. But it was basically a book called like Boba Fett. And it was basically like from the perspective of Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. So like his dad was like, all right, I'm going off to like do a job and shit. It was about his life when he was a child. And I thought that was pretty cool. His video game was great. I love that video game. Dude, that video game is hard as shit. It's so oh my hard. God. Towards the end... <laughs> So hard. I'm sorry. Bounty that game Bounty Hunter where you're Django Fett. Yeah. Oh my god. So many damn controls. Yeah. It's just like this game is unnecessarily difficult. I made it to a point where you had to like slide down a building and then hit the button at the exactly the right time to like jump through a window across the like. It was so hard because the timing was so important and it was so fucking hard to get. And you'd like do that thing in PS2 where you'd be right next to where you're supposed to be and yep. you would just float there for yep. a second. Oh my god. Yep. That weird little like <laughs> dance thing where you're falling but you're not falling. Yeah. Dude. Anyway, that's all I remember about that Dude. game. I was getting so mad about that shit. 
That was my first. That was the first teen-rated game I ever played. Actually, hashtag really? fun fact about. I rented it from Blockbuster. I Dude, think I did too. Shout out to Blockbuster. <laughs> Side note on Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Uh, there is one Blockbuster <laughs> left. Do you guys know about this? It's in Oregon. Canada. Yeah, it's an it's an Airbnb now. And now it's an well, Airbnb. It was in Canada. No, it's Oregon. You can go it's in yeah, Oregon. They... Where is it? In Canada Alaska. or Oregon? I think it's in Alaska. Really? I I just read it. Was Hang on, Oregon. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna be Jamie real quick. Give me a second. Yeah, I uh, I've been I follow their page on Twitter. It's amazing. Jesus, your keyboard's uh, loud. Blockbuster. Yeah, they. It's the nice. last blockbuster is what it's called, and it's the Oregon. funniest yeah. Twitter to follow. Oregon. Okay, Oregon. good to yeah. know. It's in Oregon. It's in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> And they they now are an, uh, an Airbnb where you can go and sit and watch like old VHSs on an old couch with an old TV. Yeah, the square ratio. I, like that. Yeah. I mean, that definitely appeals to a nostalgic audience for sure. I mean, let, let's talk about this. You know, since we're talking about Revenge of the Sith, where did you see Revenge of the Sith for the first time? The last theater I saw it in because I watched it at least three times. The last one I watched it in was the old Dallas Town movie theater. That little okay, I think it was the old Queensgate movie theater where the sushi place was right up against the movie theater. Yep, yeah. that's where I saw it too. The old Queensgate, that's where I saw it. I mean, you know, kind of to hop back on Revenge of the Sith. I really do like this movie. I mean, I feel like I feel like this movie for Star Wars fans who were always like, obviously, good is or the light is good and the dark is bad. This movie kind of made you second guess yourself, right? Because Obviously, Anakin's trying to save his girl, right? Yeah. I'd do anything to save my girl. So, like, would you, you know, turn to the dark, do what you got to do? Children? To save the one you love? <laughs> but it just kind of, like, makes you think for a moment. I mean, he had to do all he had to do all those terrible things, but, like, it was all almost out of good intentions, right? Like, he was – the sole purpose for him doing what he did – was because of love. He really fucking loved Padme. And he thought that the only re- way to do that was to, you know, side with Palpatine. And it's just like, for somebody watching that, you, you kind of have to take a step back and think like, hmm, he's not like a total, like I think that's what makes Anakin slash Vader kind of lovable is because you know deep down like, the man did this shit for a reason. Like he, felt he did it for a purpose. He wasn't just like some maniac that just like wanted to, he didn't really care about the Empire. Like he didn't. That wasn't like his thing. His thing was just saving Padme. That's that's really the thing he wanted to get out of it. Speaking mm-hmm. of Padme, my girlfriend's super pissed because we just watched all these movies together, and Padme went from being a pretty strong character in Episode One, Episode Two. She was like, "Excuse me," when Anakin was like trying to interrupt on all of her political shit. She's like, "Who the fuck you think you are?" So she was like all badass and shit. And then in the third one, she just crumples and is just like. I'm pregnant. What are you going to do? She takes no action in the third one. Her character completely just like falls off on the character development scale. And that's probably one of the biggest complaints I have now too, is like all of the, the whole series of star Wars is really based on character development across multiple movies. That's what makes them work. And they just like fucking drop the ball on Padme. So did you guys, I would agree. I've never really considered that or really, looked at it from that side of things but you're right yeah she just goes you're definitely right again. sadly sadly because yeah. i mean her character is incredible obviously yeah the first the first of the the prequels that actually felt like it was part of the star wars universe that then was established like Absolutely. this felt like 
this is the first one that was connected to anything else because even the first two movies, there's really no connection between the two of them. It was just like you're at a place and you kind of like, well, well, we're here, which is cool, but how do we get here? And then the third one comes in and actually ties in like Plagueis, ties in uh, Mustafar with, I mean, Vader later builds his fortress on Mustafar, which is a weird choice because I mean, I feel like that would probably bother him. You'd think, but. But then uh, it's the first one that really connects to anything else in the series. It's like there was forethought and afterthought put into it. Because um, really there's not many like later things that, that reference the first or second movie. It's always the third or like stuff that happened off camera in the world. One of the greatest parts about this movie, obviously, is you get to see fucking Vader, right? You get to yeah. see him become Vader and know why he becomes this this monster right you know like a frankenstein as person and in my notes i wrote down and you know there's gonna be a lot of people that disagree but i wrote down the words didn't hate no i didn't hate that you didn't hate that have you ever watched the no in other languages like like a spanish cut of the no. star wars no movie? and i don't <laughs> want to the nose the nose are completely different and totally worth yeah. looking up because and the, honestly the i don't think it's hilarious yeah i don't think i'll ever watch it because for me the german one personally i i enjoy that because it's like what else oh, would you goodness. fucking do in that situation like every like everybody's like what would you do right because it, it people i don't know People are always shit on that scene. I try to like pick a thing. I try to like bring up points that I'm like, most people don't like this, but I kind of like it. And I always liked it because, you know, he just found out that he is the one that killed the love of his life. And he did all this shit for that reason. So it's just finding out that everything you did fucked up. Like, what would you do? Like, that I don't was... know. I feel like the no, it was, it was basically seeing Vader as Vader in his most vulnerable, which was kind of cool. The the what I noticed that was distinctly different from the prequels to the movies that J.J. Abrams fucked up was that like every time that anyone felt an emotion in the new ones, there would be like rocks flying around and shit, and like the whole world was disrupted because they were throwing a temper tantrum, and they didn't do that in the prequels until he said no and it like the room like started to implode a little bit and i think that that was a much better way to do it than to make every time someone has like uh stubs their toe and they're cranky like it it was a lot more impactful to have it in that kind of a moment than just when it was raw passion and emotion or at least that's how i viewed it yes so pull back in um if you read like the dark side's based on passion and like the the different force abilities yeah. are usually are usually used towards passion, and you you don't see it a lot in the first prequels because like everyone was super super trained. Like all the Jedi had a temple they studied for years. Then Anakin just has this big rush of passion and kind of loses control, which causes stuff to break and and everything there. But then when you look at the new Jedi in the new trilogy, like they have no training whatsoever. So like you said, every little emotion, yes, it should translate into something force related, but like a big explosion. probably not. Yeah. Well, fellas, is there anything else that you want to bring up about this trilogy that we didn't talk about? Longest recorded or choreographed sword fight in cinematic history. Really? And is that the one between Anakin and, 
Kobe one. Yeah, it's the yeah, and I don't know if it's been broken since, but at the time it was the longest uh, sword fight. That's crazy. Go back to J- Jamie was that yeah. <laughs> and I loved I loved because I loved the the fact that they had these crazy different styles and actually their fighting styles were consistent the whole way through um, to even what they referenced in the Clone Wars series like the the Jedi uh, lightsaber forms that they use. They definitely put a lot of thought into everybody's fighting yeah. style as well as like training methods and shit like that. It's they put a lot of effort into that. I really enjoyed that. Uh anything else I think you my go ahead. Okay, it's ahead. still the record. I just go it is still the record. Cool. And it and I hope it stays the record. It's about it's about 12 minutes long. Wow. 12 minutes. I mean, I enjoyed those 12 minutes, but for me, I feel like the prequels obviously get a bad rep when it comes to when you talk about Star Wars. And I get it, right? There's a lot of things you can pick apart. I mean, there's a lot of things we didn't even touch on, right? And we don't need to dive into it. Um, but I feel like as a Star Wars fan, if you're a true Star Wars fan, you got to respect the fact that you can't change it. It is what it is. Like, if you love Star Wars, then those movies are what you have you know, for content that that's what you got. And you just try not to question it. I mean, I feel like the three of us talking right now, we grew up. If you watched them when they came out, we were quite young when they came out. And going back to what I said earlier about that, you can't, when you watch it for the first time and you're a kid, you don't question shit. Now that we're older and now that there's the internet, like, right. Like when, God, when Endgame was coming out for the Avengers, all people did was question everything. And back then you didn't really have that, or at least I was a kid and I didn't question anything because you're a fucking kid, right? I agree. So the same way. For me, when people are like, do you like the prequels? I say, yeah, because I like Star Wars and I like Star Wars movies. So for me, I just try to respect the fact that you can't change them. And I try not to question shit that there's things that I'm like, should that be in there or in any movie? But you know, it, it's what we got. And so, yeah, you know, I mean, it's the I, prequels. It's full of, it's full of controversy, but at the end of the day, I still like them. That's how like, two, two I, things, then. I look at the new ones, the way that the old nerds that saw the originals in the theater, look at the prequels, like the new ones. I feel like this is trash. Why is this like this? Blah, blah, blah. But like, it, it like you said it is what it is at this point there's nothing we can do about it disney's talking about just forgetting that the last three movies happened but i don't think that's how that's going to go because like overall they're not bad movies but you can't look at them as like this is a lore that i've been studying and it's a huge part of my life you just have to be like that was a movie cool it was a cool movie these ones really felt like a bigger chapter of my life but um yeah Go ahead, Will. You said you had a couple more things to talk about. I had two things to close out on then on my end. But uh, another fun fact to go in, fun fact break. Leonardo DiCaprio was first offered the role of Anakin Skywalker. Yes, he was. And he turned it down. Because he's Um, a smart man. Also, uh, Hayden was also on an episode of Goosebumps. He was. He was in Slappy. Wow. He was the scariest yeah. fucking movie the, ever. Night of the Living Dummy 3. Yeah, Night of the Living Dummy. Dummy. Yeah, he was he was in that movie. Sorry. So, that movie scares the shit out of me. Sorry. That's I could talk about that for another hour. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yes, he's yeah, in that but movie. He was he was in Goosebumps, which really geeked me out too. But the two things I have to say with the movie on my like my overall opinions, I liked them 
but it bothered me that you needed background knowledge to to watch them to fully because like them. if you came in watching these with no star wars knowledge or haven't seen the other ones or kind of don't like really know who anyone is the first movie just takes a horrible backstory and and or a horrible view and an awesome backstory but it just yeah you kind of need some knowledge to watch them but in that being said i think a final question to go out on we don't have to answer this now but what order do you watch the movies in oh shit that's a good question. I know a lot of people say start in the order they were released, but I never do. I always go prequels, middle, and now the newest ones, which I've only seen like twice each at most. But you see that, but you see is like you you watch them now like that, but you almost need the four, five, six to really appreciate one, two, three. Mm-hmm. So even you've already seen four, five, six, and then you watched one, two. Even if you watch them in order, but if you were to introduce somebody two star wars who's never seen it before i feel like they would have the most benefit of going four five six one two three because that's how even though you say one two three four five six that's not how you watched them and that's not how you appreciated them that's how my brother-in-law's doing it he's watching them for the first time he's starting in the 70s and working up what about you jared and i feel like that's to get the true appreciation and to understand the hype i think that's how the order in which you need to watch it because you know he george intended for them to come out in a certain order and the order which they came out is the order which he intended. And so I feel like watching it in that makes more sense when it comes to the seven, eight, nine, the newest, which obviously like I keep saying, that's you know, a whole other thing. But when I watch those, I like to kind of start with the, the originals and then go right into that because it's weird to kind of jump from one, two, three, yeah. and then seven, eight, nine. But when it comes to just watching before the newest ones that came out, for me personally, I go four, five, six, one, two, three. But you know, I think it's cool to watch them in different orders because you, you kind of pick up on more things. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that another time. We could do a disc dump on Rogue One. Yeah, oh, that's weird, my but... favorite one. But yeah, we could do that. And then, the, and then you have the Mandalorian. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think the whole thing is like you. You need that background knowledge to truly appreciate one, two, three. Yeah, you need definitely. you need the you need to know Star Wars to gravity to feel gravity because they like they didn't show emotion on screen that efficiently, but you know the you know the weight of everything because you know what's coming. You know Vader's coming. You know the Emperor is coming, and you see this little boy, and you're like, oh, this is the guy. My uh, my mom put it pretty well when we watched the third one for her first time. I had already seen it twice, <clears throat> but she said. Now, I know where this is going. I've loved these movies my whole life. But how does this kid who's so dedicated to the light, so force positive and everything, how is it that he is going to turn into the biggest bad guy in all of Star Wars? And by the end of the third one, she's like, it makes sense. He had good motivation. Everything about it is totally believable. And that's kind of where I stand on Darth Vader as far as, like, the plot and everything. It really yep. – I think they really efficiently make him a compassionate character through those ones as yep. opposed to the originals where you don't feel compassion for him till the end. I don't think Vader is – I don't think – I don't classify Vader as a villain. I just I, – he was being manipulated, and he tru- like, truly was and openly, like, they admitted it he was being manipulated. So I don't see Vader as even a villain. Um, 
just when you after watching those movies he yeah. was just manipulated into that and at the end uh in episode six like you see him like save his son and you see him kind of make that full circle back around because he breaks that manipulation chain for sure and like i don't know it the first couple movies he definitely seems like a bad guy but he's like one of the best redemption tales our culture has in general and i mean uh, Patton Oswalt does a bit where he's making fun of the prequels and he said that he would rather hit George in the head with a shovel and then bury him alive than let him make the prequels. And I certainly don't feel that way. So uh, I think for the disc dump where we're deciding if I'm going to keep it or if I'm going to dump it, we're going with keep it for these bad boys for sure. Yes. But, but what, we, what we will dump is the episode one adventure game. That's got to go. <laughs> that was not a good Dump game. it hard, man. Dump, Dump it, it in the most dumpable Kill way it. possible. <laughs> Kill it with fire. Kill it with fire. Yes. So this is a great episode. I want to thank the Jazz June for the use of the theme song Viva La Speed Metal off of the album The Medicine. It's a rock and roll album that got me through some hard times. And it's definitely worth checking out. And, uh, I mean, if you can purchase it, please do, because it's worth it, A. There's no reason not to. But, B, it helps support them, and I know that they love the support. I also want to say thank you to the Fat Rat for the use of the song Unity. It's some fun, bouncy EDM music that we use to bring us in and out of the ad spots and end every episode. You can find that music on YouTube, I think, is his preferred method because he gets pay-per-click. If you want to get a hold of me, you can reach me at uh, disdumppod at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-C-D-U-M-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget that little PP in there. It's important. On Twitter, I'm at the disc dump, which is where you're going to see the pictures from the wish.com game because Twitter don't give a shit. On Instagram, I'm at the disc dump podcast. Again, don't forget the PP. You can see some exclusive pictures on there as well that are not going to end up on any other social media. On Facebook, there's a page, the disc dump podcast, but I would really appreciate it if you went to the disc dump podcast fans group. That's where you can start the discussion and you can see pictures like we're going to probably have some mushroom pants pictures on there and. Uh, things of that nature so that's exciting and we're gonna see pictures of some star wars hilts for uh, lightsabers and shit like that so i'm very excited for you guys to join there and who knows maybe you reach out to some of the guests they'll respond uh last but not least i want you guys to rate review and subscribe it will help me oodles thank you so much Alrighty, fellas what are we recommending to the audience so star wars related i highly recommend reading the the book about Darth Plagueis. It's an extended universe book, but like Miles and I mentioned mentioned and referenced it a bunch of the whole thing. It It's one of the best at kind of bringing a bigger picture to things. And it actually adds to the weight of everything that happens in one, two, and three. And uh, even stuff back to the, um, the Old Republic video game, like books, they actually made up books. It's about 5,000 years before everything started. But the Plagueis book, definitely will add to the movies for sure it, i i found it extremely rewarding to listen to that and then watch episode one like all the pieces fall into place that's a good one not star wars related i'm currently obsessed with uh the newest protest the hero album like i think it's a fantastic album start to finish they're such a they're a talented band and they'll keep you entertained you would <laughs> I really love that good. band, dude. Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. But they, they, this album almost has like a, uh, I'd say musical, but it, they like tell, every song has a story and it's almost like a, a musical when someone's just, 
delivering the story in the form of song. That's what the album kind of has a vibe to, nice. but in a very, very metal and Canadian way. What is uh? What's the name of the album? Palm Set. Palm, Palm Set. Set. All right. Yep. Sounds good. Jared, what are we recommending? Uh, I'm gonna recommend two things. First thing I'm gonna recommend is Star Wars related. I feel like we were talking about the prequels, but I kept for some reason bringing up the newer movies. And I'm going to still do that because that's what I've been doing. Uh, but there's a comic book series called Kylo Ren, and it just talks about the newest uh, or the the events that happened between episodes, I guess it would be six and seven. Uh, it kind of just shows how Kylo Ren came to be Kylo Ren. And for me personally, it, it answered a lot of questions that I had because that's what we do when we're Star Wars fans. But we have <laughs> questions that we need them answered. Uh, and that did that for me, so I'd recommend that. It's a uh, tells a lot of cool stories about it. Um, not Star Wars related. Will said something musical, so I'll say something musical. Uh, if you listen to a lot of pop punk, uh, there's a band called Neck Deep that I love very much. That came out with a new album. Um, I'm gonna look up their album name, album name right now because I want to give it a shout out because. Personally, I think it's probably one of the best pop punk albums to ever be written, and it's amazing. And the name of it is All Distortions Are Intentional. So listen to All Distortions Are Intentional by Necti. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for doing this with me. It's been a joy. Thank you for having us. Yeah, man. We are mushroom pants. We are mushroom pants. All right. Until next time, audience, take it easy. I'll see you next week.